0: On this week's episode, we each have a fresh forum find. We talk about Spence's new acquisition. We have an extended Seiko second, which talks about all of the Seiko, not Grand Seiko, just Seiko releases this week. And in the apps, in the cancellation of Baselworld, that devolves into a Tudor talk with a bit of a Rolex rant. With that, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show,
1: everybody, for this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, gotta. Got some stuff going on. We're recording on a, on a Saturday. Um, get, probably going to do more than one Seiko second here because they dropped an absolute ton of stuff this week. Um, so that'll give away when yeah, we recorded a, this.
1: It's going to be an extended Seiko second today. Yeah, but it'll lead into some other stuff. So
0: for those of yeah. you who are tuning in and aren't Seiko fans, which it's probably not very many people because, let's be real, that's usually everybody's gateway drug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't for me, but I still <laughs> ended up there. I mean, I feel like everyone does eventually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, it's not a collection without a Seiko Diver, I feel like.
1: No, absolutely not. So,
0: all right. So um, what are you drinking?
1: You know, I'm sticking with the same thing I had last week. Um, it's getting a little low, so I'm probably going to need to go to the store and get some more, but it's uh, the same old Michter's Rye. Um, still Where good do they it. make that? Uh, it's in Kentucky. I cannot tell you the exact town. Um, okay. Offhand.
0: Cool. All right. I switched back. So last week we did Eagle Rare since it was special, since Buzzy was on. Although I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to be like almost like a pseudo guest host going forward since we got a ton of downloads for that episode. Um,
1: yes. You know, he was, you know, quote unquote moving today, whatever. Yeah. Well, he's he or helping. me.
0: He's, he's helping a buddy move. I actually yeah. know the buddy who he's helping move, who's also a watch guy. Um, oh. Yeah. So we were, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, instead also, of just paying buzz and beers and pizza, I wanted to make him to make him come on the podcast.
0: Yeah, we should actually next time. So yeah, we'll get we'll get uh, gags on next time. But um, yeah. so yeah, no, I switched back, um, and i it's because I have the most of it. So like, I'm looking at all the other stuff that I've got. <laughs> I, was like, I don't really want to. So I switched back to Woodford, um, which we've talked about before. Down in, um, did we talk about the fact that they're? Um, that their distillery, their whole property is like right next to the stud farm. Where was it? Is it Big Brown who won the Kentucky Derby a few years
1: ago? Uh, I don't know. I'd That's where he's at. Teams. Like, wh- really? whichever,
0: whichever, not the one who ran the, not the first one to win the Triple Crown, but I think the one who got two there and then didn't run the last race, I think his name was Big Brown. And I think his stud farm is like literally across the street from where Woodford is. Um, so it's just kind of, again, another kind of funny thing. I know I talked about the barrel walk the last time. But yeah, yeah. I, and the other thing too is I have a really small batch, one. Um, but I don't know enough about it, so I wasn't gonna like like didn't want to like talk about it if I wasn't gonna talk about it. Because a couple folks have asked us a little bit more about the whiskey on Facebook, so uh, maybe try to do maybe maybe we'll do a little bit more research on the whiskey before the next.
1: Podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, this is it was just kind of a fill in, so I guess now we actually have to roll with it a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are you wearing?
1: Well, as we alluded to a little bit earlier in the show, we're going to do uh, an extended Seiko second. So I figured I would uh, strap on my Seiko SRP uh, 777, uh, which is their uh, entry-level prospects black diver. Um, I've got on the original rubber strap, which honestly, the rubber on the Seikos is pretty good. I was surprised. Just their stock yeah. rubber bracelets are pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, their their stock rubber is way better than their stock bracelets. And like I said before, it's yeah. mainly the class but lets the
1: bracelet down. Yeah, honestly when I was like deciding between this, it was uh, between this and the uh their paddy prospects. Oh, yeah. um, and it was the bracelet. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I know normal, you get more yeah. with the bracelet and I could put the other one on a strap, but like I just I didn't want to deal with it.
0: Cool. So What about you? Um, what do you got on the wrist? I have technically on two, uh, mainly because I walked downstairs and didn't want to drop the watch uh, that I got for my wife, which we talked about a couple of episodes ago. But the main watch it's that I'm wearing today... It's finally Yeah, it finally <laughs> made it stateside. Uh, the main watch is the Tudor Fast Rider Black Shield, and I've got it on the Horace um, snow gray camo strap with the you know, black PVD buckle. Oh, yeah. um, it's the black and white version. Absolutely love this watch. Um, Jokingly, somebody on the Scottish Watches Facebook group said, hey, are you guys doing your, uh, your wrist checks like, uh, like tasting notes for whiskey? So I may attempt that here. It's got a, it's got a full-bodied 42-millimeter case that sits <laughs> nicely on the wrist. Uh, the strap is nice and supple, um, and uh, it has excellent pusher action with just a hint of rotor wobble, because it's a seventy seven fifty three, of course.
1: <laughs> just a hint Descri- of rotor wobble. <laughs> Describe like a true expert.
0: Yes. Uh, so that one's for one of the dudes from the Scottish Watches uh, Facebook group, which shout out to those dudes, to Ricky and Rick, who let us do a uh, slight promo post on their Facebook group. I think that definitely helped our listenership spike. I think it was less yes. buzzy and more of that. But buzzy did a good job on the on the podcast. Oh, we're talking well about it was all buzz. All buzz. OK. All right, of course, we'll it that. was all just buzz. <laughs> and then as everyone or who may or may not have listened to a cup, I don't remember what episode it was on. It was a couple ones ago, yeah. It was a few ones ago, but my fresh forum find was this little $145 um, Tissot T12 automatic. It's a little 27-millimeter ladies' watch. It's got a navy blue dial with like a a stripe through the middle that houses the date window. Mm -hmm. It's got a blue seconds hand. It looks kind of like a smaller Rideau diastar. Yeah. I was I gonna say the dial
1: kind of looks like a one uh, of the the, the boulevard. Um, they're chronographs. I don't know what they're called, but with that like big oval in the middle. Oh yeah.
0: They just released a new version of that too for insanely yeah, yeah, expensive yeah. money. The automatic ones are. Yes. <laughs> the automatic Which, ones are what twenty nine fifty and the.
1: I, I don't know if it's a boulevard. I'm not paying it for like four hundred dollars. So like anything above that.
0: Yeah. So the the um the regular chrono quartz or yeah the qu- the quartz ones I think are six fifty. The other ones twenty nine fifty. Um, but the real reason I, I got this, and it is so impressive, is the it's got the original Gay Freres, um folded link bracelet on it, which is just amazing. It's got a little bit of stretch to it because it's you know it's a 1970s watch, but the watch head itself, for only being like 27 millimeters across, is pretty substantial. Um, and like I said, the bracelet's fantastic. The clasp is kind of what you would expect from this time period, but it's got a ton of little mm-hmm. micro adjustment holes, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's got the stamp and the uh, embossed Tissot logo on it. It's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, for 150 bucks, um, I was pretty pretty stoked about this. And uh, yeah, my you, wife was really good. impressed with it too. Uh, the only I was downside say,
1: is your wife as impressed with the bracelet as you are.
0: She was. She's like, this is actually really cool. Um, <laughs> she thought, of course, when I said it was for her, she thought that it was going to be like my 36 millimeter Diastar. That like it was going to really be for me. But no, there's no way <laughs> I can pull this off. It's yeah. tiny um she's like oh no that really is cool um but the uh, the only downside is it's th- the movement doesn't have a quick set date so like <laughs> if the date is off you are really cranking this thing <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 a really cool little piece and um you know it, it was a pretty neat little find um but yeah, yeah and it finally know, made actually, it stateside
1: it's actually pretty funny that you mentioned the no quick set date um this is kind of an offshoot, but this is, I'll make it quick. Uh, I was listening to the uh, the Gray NATO podcast the other day. I think it was their one hundred first episode, and they oh, were yeah. talking they were talking about this watch company out of Brooklyn that takes old like Casio, um, uh, like the F ninety one W movements out of the Casios, and will put them in like a silicone clear case. And you can't set the date. You can't change any settings on it. Um, and instead of like laying the date go because it's not going to uh, you know flip through on like every the month or leap years they just put like a, like, a little dot over it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't change the battery, you can't make any setting changes, and you can't read the date because it's never going to be correct. That's so I mean, hilarious. if anything, you just put like a, a little orange dot over that to make it make it better.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> Although her regular toso that has a Powermatic eighty with a quick set date, the date's never right on that either. So
1: okay. Which is why she's yeah.
0: Which is why she has the black bay thirty six that doesn't have a date.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That definitely is also. It's definitely also not for you on occasion, right?
0: No, that one might be. Although I haven't worn (laughs) it yet. I haven't worn it yet. Um, You're resisting. I'm resisting, and (laughs) and um, she's got a little. She's got a nice little watch collection going now. Um, I'm 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 shopping vicariously through her, um, which is fun. (laughs) Um, go no, She's the pretty, addiction.: Yeah, she was pretty excited about it. Um, all right, so should we do our uh, our fresh forum
1: find? Yeah, um, I'll let you go first because I feel like you put a little bit more effort into it than what I did this week.: well,
0: It's because I kept getting stumped on a couple of them, <laughs> and um, I mean, realistically, the one that I was going to do, Buzzy told me not to. So we don't blow it up on him.
1: But um, Buzz, you have two days until we release it, so I'm not gonna say I'm not it. gonna
0: say what it is, and I will. <laughs> he said he's DM'd the guy on Watch You Seek, and he hasn't gotten back to him yet. So, like, yeah. but there well, may be a, a a recording that gets inserted somewhere that's Buzzing and Mai's road trip to go pick this thing up because it's within an hour and a half drive. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That w- I mean, I'm hoping that episode. doesn't give it away. That would be a fun episode. I'll, we you can do an episode on right the road. There. Yeah, we could. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so I did find, um, I did find a JLC Reverso Duo face. That on the front's just your regular three-hander. On the back, it's got a continuous sixty-minute. I think like kind of looks like a stopwatch function. It's got a rectangular pusher. It's in their mid-sized case yeah. on a beads of rice bracelet. It's on watch you, on watch you, watch you seek. Yeah, on watch you seek for yeah. thirty-seven fifty and. I very very rarely find any type of Reverso for I think under 4500. So at 3750 even if it is in the mid size case, it's not the small case, it's the mid size case. Yeah. With a function on the back, I feel like that's a steal.
1: Which it's a weird function too. Like I've never seen a 60-minute counter on a Reverso. So if you're looking for something like out of the box too, you know, it's a it's a pretty good uh, pretty good bargain for that.
0: It's it's pretty solid. So that's that's my fresh forum find.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I definitely didn't put as much work into it looking for box and papers and all the other stuff, but um, a couple weeks ago, actually not a couple weeks ago, I'd say probably a, a month or two ago, um, I was really tempted uh, looking at an old vintage uh, Breling Navitimer, the 806, and I found one today on eBay. Um, it's got five days on, five days left on it, so when you when this drops, it'll still be two or three days left. Ooh, still so, available. Yeah, still available. Uh which I think may be a first for me. Um, <laughs> but currently, it's got four bids, and it's at 1525 And, Ooh. yeah. So, I mean, the one that I wanted a couple months ago ended up selling for, I believe, $3,300, um, which was a fantastic deal for the 806 vintage. Um, now, I don't know if this is serviced. You know, what? You know, all the other specific details. on it. You'd have to message the seller. Um, but as of right now, it's at 1525 which I think... It's pretty good, and I don't foresee it going up too much. The pictures also aren't stellar, so, I mean, it's probably not a watch person selling it, so that's yeah. also maybe going for you if you want to buy this watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's my Fresh Warm Find. Nice. That's pretty um,
0: cool. I do like yes. those vintage Navitimers. I think of all the Breitlings, as long as it's not in the 46 millimeter case, I feel like a yeah, Navitimer yeah. may eventually have to find its way in.
1: I mean, if you're looking for a pilot watch, you can either go GMT or Navitimer. Um, and I think this is just one of those classic designed watches, especially at 40 millimeters. You go vintage. Um, yeah. I think, you know, Collinville Chronograph, um, you know, you can't really go wrong with it. So if you get it at the right price. So I oh, can't completely. jump up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. But well, uh, yeah, why don't we, uh, we... jump into uh, the, the Seiko nonsense that uh, occurred this past week.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be our Seiko second, but it's probably gonna end up being almost half the podcast. So.
1: Yes. So, spoiler so, alert: they dropped a yeah. lot of stuff.
0: They did. They so the and and we're gonna just we're, this episode we're focusing mainly on just Seiko because we want to keep the episode to a reasonable length. I'm thinking yes. next episode we'll do Grand Seiko because they also dropped a ton of stuff this week. Um, but we're going to focus on the...
1: Just a little bit higher of a price range. Not too yeah, much, Yeah, It's going to be a little bit more affordable, but <laughs> Just maybe a not. They're in the same bracket, I promise. They're
0: almost the same price for some of the Grand Seikos and Seikos. <laughs> yeah. So it was what? The, the prospects they did the 55th anniversary of their first dive watch, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they did three.
1: Yes. Um...
0: Do you have the reference numbers up?
1: I'm trying to find it. I had it on my computer. Well, you keep looking. Okay. So essentially, okay, you got it. it Go ahead. Uh, So yeah, they introduced three models. Uh, One is coming in at 39.9 millimeters, and it's the SLA-037. They had one coming in at 40.
0: So that one is like the reissue of the 62 Moss, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. With a blue dial.
1: Blue dial, blue strap, uh, high beat movement with a date. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. The next one is going to be, um, let's see here. The, uh, it's a 44.8, uh, millimeter, the SLA 039, which I don't know. I don't remember offhand what, uh, what that one was the uh, ratio of.
0: Does it, is that, the, does that kind of look like a turtle or kind of look like a Willard or kind of look like the Marine master?
1: It's, you know, it honestly, it, it kind of has a shape of its own um if it definitely doesn't look like a willard uh it's got a more pronounced crown to it uh the marine master not so much i mean it looks really like a typical just almost skx type case okay um so yeah it's more of like a traditional styled watch case
0: that's right yeah
1: then the last Um, one's the tuna yeah, the big boy, uh, coming in at 52.4 millimeters, the SLA-041.
0: Which, oddly uh, enough, I think is the cheapest.
1: Yeah, what is the price on that? Let me see here.
0: Uh, I think that one's like 4700 And all the prices came in in euros on Hodinkee for some odd reason. They didn't release U.S. prices, and I think they were, what, 6500 5500 and 4700
1: Uh, So, I've got them right here. So, for the the SLA 037, which was uh, the smaller dive That's the 62 mass one. Yes. um, It's coming in at $6,300. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, For the (laughs) next one, the 44 millimeter, it's coming in at $6,800. And then, uh, yeah. And then the tuna is coming in, the cheapest of them, at $4,500. And I'm getting this all from Hotinky. so... Blame them if, it, blame it. Down if it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's apparent to, that Seiko's trying to push their products upstream a little bit here. So that wasn't evident already.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, those... And then, so, the other ones that they did this week, um, two more dive watches, which, if anybody bought the original limited edition Willard that came out last year, which I think was, what, like 3900 or 4100 or something like that, um, you're going to be a little mad... Um, you're gonna be a little mad because uh they just came out with two new ones, which is the s p. b one five one j one which is blackface looks exactly like the Willard except comes on a Seiko strap or sorry comes on a bracelet um then they also did a like khaki green dial, which is the s p. b one five three five one
1: which i think looks and comes really on a silicone
0: cool. strap. Um, the only place I could find these oddly enough was on 10 and two's Instagram page. So shout out to 10 and two, uh, the two girls down in Nashville for that. Um, and this is where I I get all their their info. And I think, oh, they got theirs from plus nine time, which I couldn't even find it Googling plus nine time. Uh, those are 42.7 millimeters with a 70 hour power reserve with the six R 53 movement in them. So, um, There's no pricing released yet, though. So maybe these won't be any cheaper than the limited edition Willard that came out last year. But they aren't limited edition. So we'll see. Um, Shout out to Cole Pennington, who's like, who commented on this Instagram post saying, This could replace my turtle if the price is right. And everyone's agreeing with him that that's a big if the price is right. um, (laughs) Because they aren't limited. They're not. So I'm, I'm hoping they'll be less than three. Maybe closer uh, yeah, to two, but who knows oof. I mean
1: I mean, based on these new releases they 're coming out with i, I don 't I think you would be hard pressed to to guess yeah. up three
0: so and then the other uh, ones that came out on the prospects line, which you and i didn 't even talk about before this, so i don 't know if you 've seen these and so you remember how earlier this week I was telling you about the, the earlier this year they dropped three new Alpinist models with the yes. Cyclops with the um, two crowns. Mm -hmm. Um, A white, a black, and a green. So they kind of updated that. Well, they're expanding that line a little bit. And there's a new one. It looks like a field watch, but they're calling calling them alpinists. And there's a green, like a green kind of, not fume, but like it's a green gradient that fades to black with gold hands on a bracelet. There's a blue that fades to black on a blue leather strap. And there's a gray that fades to black on a black leather strap field watch looking but without the 24 so it's just a a three hander with a date no cyclops no compass bezel Mm -hmm. Um, and what are these these are um, PB155J1 157J1 and 159J1 6R35 movement 70 hour power reserve 38mm case again getting this from 10 and 2 who may or may not have got it from plus 9 time I can't tell Um, and again no price so we'll see where these go, but the new Scary. Alpinists, the new Alpinists that they came out with were what seven fifty, yeah, with the internal bezel. I think it's the same movement. So these should be around there. I mean, if this, if these are all coming in sub a thousand, they're pretty solid three handers. And if if these are coming in sub a thousand, and the Willards have the same movement, I can't imagine that they are m- much more than that. I could be wrong. They're bigger yeah. cases, and the ones on a bracelet. But the original Alpinist releases that came out earlier this year, they were doing mm-hmm. those. The bracelet was only twenty bucks more than the other two. So I I don't know where this is gonna go, but
1: uh, yeah, so I mean, if, if it's coming in, that. yeah, if it's coming in at sub one grand, that's still kind of a hard pill to swallow when it comes to Seiko. But at least. It's, I guess, quote unquote, budget friendly when it comes to the new Seiko releases.
0: I mean, it's sub a thousand. Although, what I would say was sub a thousand. I mean, the six R thirty five movement is a newer movement. It's a better movement than has traditionally been in some of their lower end stuff. So there's that. Um, and then, um, but I mean, we're talking about some of the other stuff you can get for less than a thousand. I mean, you can get a you can get that new Doxa sub two hundred, which is a sweet looking watch. One of the guys from. Um, Red Bar since he just picked one up, so I'm hoping he'll bring it. He did the aqua colorway. Um, yeah. If you follow Normal Sinus Rhythm on um, on Instagram, he's got a couple posts of it. It looks sweet. He says it's it's actually a really fun piece in person, for, especially if you can like. For I think those go for 900. I mean, for that, I mean, and they have a bunch of colorways. I've been looking at the navy one, and it looks yeah. pretty sweet. Um, just a cool watch, and it's got the sapphire. That one has a sapphire bezel that's fully loomed, which is kind of cool. So, I mean, you're right. If Seiko's trying to compete there, they're going up market with some of their low-run stuff. I mean, they make a good quality product. I don't think anybody... Everybody always says that Seiko's were Well, save the bracelet. Save the bracelet. Well, and again, like we said, it's really save the clasp. A lot of it, it, like a lot of them, the bracelets are just fine. It's the clasp that really lets them down. Yeah. Um, but, like, if they're trying to move up a little bit or try to be more accurately priced for what they should be, I mean I kind of get it because we all you – know, everyone always says, oh, Seiko's are underpriced for what you get. And now it's like, well, now these seem expensive. It's like, well, are they just really pricing them where they should be? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I mean I don't know. I mean I think with today's like climate when it comes to watches, I think people are getting like so used to being – you know, paying for those higher-priced watches that if you're coming in at, like, a sub, whatever, like, $500 price point, 400 600 what, you know, what have you, I think people start to look the other way now. Like, we're getting just so inundated with these, like, high-end, or sometimes not even high-end, just, like, high-priced watches that should be much less than what they currently are. And, you know, I think brands are, like, realizing that. Um, and so they're starting to price them up a little bit to get attention, I guess you could say. Um but you know, maybe maybe it's a safety measure. Maybe it's just trying to look for more money. I I don't really know. I can't really say for sure at this point.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I get that the three that they just came out with the the 55th anniversary are limited edition. They're a unique colorway, but they're not on bracelets. They they are just on on rubber rubber straps. Yeah. And I get that they have the high beat movement in them, which is essentially, let's be real, probably a Grand Seiko movement, much like the Prospects that came out last year that were you know the bigger titanium ones that had the spring drives in them. Yes. Yeah. That said. I mean, I picked up my Omega Seamaster that I've got earlier this year, and the MSRP on that's 5,200. It's got a chronometer grade, meta certified, coaxial movement, and it's got a ceramic bezel, ceramic dial. I mean, just for 5,200. I mean, I'm looking at those Seikos that are more than that. And granted, you can you can go in and you can get a you can get a discount on an Omega. You can get a discount on a Seiko as well, but like. I don't know what you're getting in that Seiko for 6,500, other than the fact that it's limited edition. I get that they're putting some new technology in it. I get that it's got a fantastic movement in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But six, I mean, is a lot.
1: Yeah, I know, and you know, it's probably a saving grace that they are a limited edition because there's one thing you cannot discount in the watch community, and that is the uh, the power of the Seiko collectors. Because some of these forms, when it comes to just Seiko, these people are more passionate about Seiko than people are about Rolex. Uh, this for is, some true. this um, is true. This so, is true. I mean, limited edition. Um, you know, I know that some people, you know, R&P are having trouble selling that Willard. Um, I don't know how limited that one is. Um, but, I mean, there are definitely people out there that will pay this. Um, that are, you know, so entrenched in Seiko that they will want this watch.
0: I mean, I get that. But, I mean, some of the stuff that you look at, I know... I mean, you can get the original Willard for a third of what that release was. Now, yes, you have to check on the service history. Yes, the the better examples are a little bit more expensive. But if you like the Willard, I think what is it? What is the original one called? The six one oh five. You can go yeah. out on on mm-hmm. a lot of different forums and find that watch for right around two grand or less. Now, granted, it doesn't have. I found one the other day
1: for like fourteen.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. you you don't know what condition you're getting it in. You don't know the service history necessarily. Um, I think it's funny. I mean, if you uh, like I think the look, Cole, you can Cole get one. Was
1: on the Houdinke... Yeah, I think Cole was on the Hodinky podcast the other day, um, and he was talking about like picking up. I think it may have been their fancy draft, uh, but he was talking about picking up a, a 6105 and he's like, you know, if you're buying one, you probably want one that's in bad shape because you know it's lived it's lived how it was supposed to live.
0: I, I do remember him saying that, and he's. I think he's yeah. he's right on that. So we will echo uh, Rick and Ricky. Um, if the voting is still open, vote for Cole Twenty Twenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, vote, vote for Cole Twenty Twenty. We can jump on that bad wagon.
1: <laughs> good ideas all around.
0: <laughs> yes. Didn't he say he was going to abolish wait lists?
1: He did. Yeah. No. I mean, why well, is he not running for a actual president?
0: president? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of abolishing wait lists, this is kind of a good way to transition into um, our last topic um, before we pressure Buzzy into buying his watch that he's thinking about buying um so obviously we will drop the details
1: buzz we we might we
0: might you never know um you have to listen (laughs) to the end to find out um (laughs) so we were talking about before this podcast started clearly seiko has gone the route of well we pulled out of basil we canceled our own event this is probably when these were going to drop anyway so here's everything um we're just kind of curious with basil world being canceled which we haven't talked about yet on a podcast so we're a little bit late to the game um, what do we think some of the other brands who are going to drop their new releases here at the end of April are going to do? Um, I like what Seiko's done and said. Hey, this is the schedule we were going to go. Let's follow that schedule. We're not going to wait for anything. So maybe that's what. But yeah. we're going to really talk. We're going to we're going to transition to Tudor talk. We'll talk about Tudor, um, and then we maybe <laughs> get into Rolex a little bit. Do a little bit of a Rolex ramp but we're going to focus mainly on the on the more affordable brand that we are both big fans of in Tudor. And what yes. do you think they're going to do?
1: Uh, well, in terms of, now I'm not talking any of the releases, but just in terms of their announcement, um, you know, I would, I can't really imagine them doing just like an, uh, you know, social media, internet based drop, kind of like Grand Seiko and Seiko have done. But like, I feel like that's what they're going to have to, and same with Rolex too, this kind of goes into that, but like, I, it just feels weird to me that they would drop their products just on like a press release and not hold an event for them. Uh, for people to come check them out, look at them, it just feels a little weird to me. So I don't I mean, really know I, what they're going to do in that aspect.
0: I agree with that, but at the same point, I mean, I'm sure they've got like they're these these brands have probably got production schedules that all ramps up after that. I mean, obviously pushing Basel back if they did if they waited until January of 2021 to do this, there's a good chance that you could get it released and it could be in stores very quickly. Yeah. So I don't know if that's attractive to them because I do know that they. It seems like lately they enjoy having a wait list for certain products. I mean, let's be for real. Two, Rolex enjoys... Uh, Tudor actually has wait lists for a couple of things. Rolex has wait lists for stuff that used to just be considered run-of-the-mill. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... I don't know. I'm sure the community is really hoping that they're going to release some stuff, but I do kind of agree with you. Not having some kind of big
1: event to release it at, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they hold out... Um, do you think that draws the hype down from it a little bit if they don't have a big like press event that people come to and they have like fanfare behind it No, or because we'll let's be real, watching? the
0: majority of the watch community, with the exception of of the press and some retailers who go to basil world
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean the public doesn't see them there, so That's the public's true. just reading the Hodinkee articles the 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 articles that are coming out on all the different various watch media to see, oh, I want that. Oh, it'll hit stores in in three months. Cool. That really means six. Uh, um, I mean, everybody's. I mean, we all are living in the digital world to see these anyway. So, what does it matter if if they if they let them watch media come and pick these things up? I mean, it's not like Tudor and Rolex and some of the other big brands aren't known commodities at this point. It's not like you are gonna go see. Well, it's not like it's a microband. I was like, well, until I see this in person, I don't know if this is, like, a really good execution. It's like, we know what Tudor's quality is. We know what Rolex quality is. Like, mm-hmm. you would expect these things to live up to it. There's no, yeah. there's no variables there. So... Yeah. Maybe it's
1: just me, but like when it comes, it's, it's almost like Christmas time for me. And I'm sure it's kind of like that way for other watch nerds, uh, that when Basil starts to roll around, like I kind of live vicariously through the reporters going there. They have like videos on their like Instagram stories on their websites, just walking around, looking at all the new watches. Like you can see their reaction firsthand. And like, I don't know, just like being like, you know, again, vicariously quasi a part of that kind of like whole fanfare behind Basil. Um, it, it, it gets me a little bit more excited because like, I, you know. I love seeing press releases like seeing like photos stock photos online um but like be like be you know kind of like just being a part of it and like being there and not really but like in my mind through videos you know Uh, um just being there like watching people people's reactions that kind of stuff it just gets me more excited in general about these kind of things maybe I'm just weird in that way but like when it comes to me I get more excited that way
0: oh no I completely agree with you I'm just I'm just also kind of hoping that I mean, yes, that's part of the experience. Yes, that's a ton of fun. I mean, yeah. some of my favorite Hodinkee podcasts are like the briefs the day after, oh, like yeah. the evening after they they go to they're at Basel World, like they're and just them interviewing CEOs, interviewing. Yeah. all that
1: kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: it's such cool. It's so cool stuff. But selfishly, also, I don't want to have to wait till January to see the new releases.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, same here. So um, speaking
0: of, I have seen on a couple of the forums and heard through a couple of the websites and Facebook groups that even folks at Tudor, like their PR folks, are hinting at BB58, GMT, Pelagos, GMT. It seems like the GMT is going to be featured again this year. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, just look at their two most popular watches. It's going to be the Black Bay 58 and the GMT. If there's going to be a wait list for any Tudor watch, it's going to be those two. Um, So, I mean, it's almost like a perfect marriage. I think it's been coming for some time. I think they tested the waters with the Black Bay 58 to make sure that people wanted a sub 40 millimeter watch. And you can see it's been a resounding success. So, I mean, to merge it with the the GMT just makes complete sense at this point to me anyway. So,
0: I feel like that watch will end up being a little thicker than just the regular Black Bay 58, which I think will be just fine. Yeah. What colorway do you think they'd go with? Because I don't see them doing just a smaller Pepsi.
1: In my mind, and what I really want them to do would be a Pan Am white dial, uh, blue and red bezel. That would be my ideal pick for them to do. That would be um, sexy, that would be so sexy. <laughs> yeah, that would be my ideal. Uh, Timex is way. releasing
0: a queue that looks like that soon, though.
1: They are, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and I think Timex is getting a little carried away with the queue, but you know, that's another debate for another time. It is. Um, <laughs> But I would honestly love for them to do a Coke bezel for the, the GMT. I think that would be really sweet.
0: Oh, that actually would be cool because then you'd have the Pepsi, the bigger one, the Coke would be the smaller one. I could be on board with that. The yeah. only thing I would say with Tudor, though, is they don't do very many white face sport models. Like, they don't. Their yeah. white faces are all in the dress model, so that would be a huge departure for them, which would be really cool. I mean, I, what you just described would be super, super cool. Um, I'm I don't know, my they, fingers. I'm hoping for it. They could just stay um, the gilt colorway, and just do a twenty-four hour bezel in black and white, and kind of be very I mean, understated.
1: Yeah, I am a fan of guilt, as we all know. I own a Black Bay Fifty Eight, so like I am a fan of guilt. So I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing to seeing that on the on the GMT.
0: I mean, the only thing there would end up being is it too much like the original Black Bay Fifty Eight.
1: Yeah, I think that they'd have to do because they're in the Rolex family. So I mean, they can do that split. 50, bezel way. So I think they'd have to do something with that with the guilt. Hopefully. Maybe.
0: I don't think a Batman makes sense. Coke no, would I be mean, interesting.
1: It, I, in my mind, I feel like it has to be something that Rolex doesn't have at this point.
0: See, I would disagree. And, and here, so we'll, we'll go on to a little bit of a Rolex rant. And again, shout out to my, my boys at Richter and Phillips. I am may or may not be the first person on the new Coke wait list. Um, Probably not going to be the first person to get one, but jokingly on the the first person, I was the first person who brought it up, so there it is and that was several months ago. <laughs> I think it was at Christmas I was joking with uh with our boy Blake about that <laughs> um, yeah, but if you think about it they did they did their Pepsi GMT the same time that Rolex did the Pepsi release, and I think you could do. If Rolex did a Coke GMT with a Jubilee, you could get a or, sorry, Black Bay 58 Coke GMT, which I think would be cool.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that would be a very sexy watch, especially if they put it on a Jubilee. I think because Tudor doesn't make a Jubilee currently. If they came up with a Jubilee for any of their watches, whew.
0: See, I don't think they will because I think Rolex, if, I think if they do Cokes and they do GMTs, they do a Black Bay 58 GMT on Oyster.
1: Mm-hmm
0: that's a coke and then they'll do the rolex gmt on the jubilee i think that would be that would be a cool release again it'd be very very reminiscent of 2018 with the du- dual pepsis
1: yeah yeah i could see that um i hope it comes with the jubilee but i mean i could see that definitely happening too um yeah. but i mean speaking of rolex i mean what are what are some of your uh, predictions here uh...
0: well i think the coke may or may not happen yeah, I mean, I think that one makes sense. But at the same point, you could also say <laughs> that the black, just the regular black GMT could come back too.
1: I think um, there's a better chance of the all black coming out.
0: Either way, I mean, I think we're going to have something there. Um, I think, I can't remember who it was that said this, but I think Explorer and Explorer 2 aren't this year. They're next year.
1: See, now I've heard people talking on forums and stuff, asking for Explorers from their AD. And the 80s are saying they can't order any more Explorers as of right now.
0: So to me, that could just be something as simple as a movement upgrade.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do much to it. I think they're going to keep it the same size. Although people oh, yeah. are asking to go back to 36, but I don't think they're going to do that. I don't
0: think they're going to do that either. I think, I think they're,
1: think... they're going to update the movement to the 32, 35, in my opinion.
0: They could. Um, I think Explorer 2... Somebody said that they saw something... And Explorer 2 next year made sense because I think is next year the 50th anniversary of the Explorer or the Explorer 2? It's one of yeah, them.
1: Yeah, next year is the 50th anniversary. So yeah, I, I'm in that camp. I don't think they're gonna do anything to the Explorer 2 until next year.
0: Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I to be honest, I really think I really think an updated sub. And I don't really think they're gonna change much, but again, I think that's if you given. look, you look at the you look at the movement in the GMT Master 2s that they came out with and it's that movement mm-hmm. without the gmt function it's 70 hours of power reserve it's it's all the stuff that makes yeah. it a, a more modern movement and not a 10 year old movement i think that's what they yeah. do and i think if you do that maybe they discontinue the hulk maybe they don't i mean you were kind of i looking know you at, want them to but well i mean you know i think if they discontinue the maybe. hulk
1: there'll be another color scheme come out because like they've always been two. have there always been well, two think... colorways I don't know. I mean, with I think th-
0: there's always the two tone and the two tone bluesy. So, yeah. those, those I think would get the upgrade as well. I think they could discontinue the Hulk and come back out with something again another year or two. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll be blue just because they've always had the, the Smurf, which was white gold. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, you, you always, that's what everybody thinks they're going to do, and they always zag. And like I said, I thought it was what a couple weeks ago I was joking. It's going to be another date just. <laughs> Yeah. Date just 39, only in Precious
1: Metal. All Precious Metal, yeah, yeah. And it'll be available uh, immediately. Al- I'll finish this off with saying the one that I really would want them to come out with, uh, and I saw a mock-up of it the other day, uh, would be an Albino, uh, you know, the vintage ones are called the Albino Explorers, uh, oh, but yeah. just an all-white Explorer 1 with black numerals. I think that would be amazing.
0: I'll be honest with you, I'd be okay if they came out with the all-white Explorer 1 with the with, uh, Chromalite numerals, too, like... Just an all white explorer yeah. one would be cool. I don't care what the numerals look like. Either way, that's gonna be a sweet watch.
1: I would like them to use the old ten sixteen numerals on it, though. I've seen mockups of that one too, and oh,
0: that would be cool. Looks awesome. That would be really cool. It looks
1: awesome. Yeah.
0: There's no way they do that. We'll though. see. I don't they, know. They keep the same numerals. No, I know those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> the Rolex are modern. They're new. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the funny thing will be is like like they like they did with the. Uh, with the, uh, the new white ceramic Daytona, everybody's thinking they're going to do it this year and then they really do it next year.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but anyway, we'll
1: have to see. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that that's a pretty good episode. I think that's uh, that's enough time. I think we got yeah. a lot of stuff. I think the next time we may have Buzzy with us, um,
1: hopefully, or we'll, we will, uh, release the uh, information when it comes to the, uh, yeah.
0: If he hasn't, if he hasn't bought what we weren't allowed to talk about this week, um, then we will definitely, definitely be releasing it. Um, and give him some competition because that's garbage yes but uh and then obviously i think next time we'll talk about all the grand seiko releases that happened recently because holy fright maybe we'll have some new stuff to talk about so
1: yeah plenty of stuff to talk about in the world of watches
0: yeah well again we want to thank uh rick and ricky for letting us promote the podcast on uh the scottish watches facebook group so those of you who are listening from there um Thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for picking it up. I know there's a couple of folks I've been messaging or commenting on photos back and forth. Um, so uh, if you guys are listening, thanks. I think it's Ian Swain yeah. and, uh, oh, shoot, Ryan Patrick or Patrick Ryan. That could go either way. Um, but either way, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you next week.
1: Yeah, thanks, everyone, from Scott's Watches and uh, everyone that's been tuning in. Definitely yeah. catch you next week.
0: Take it easy, everyone. See ya. See ya.